how can we as creative educators and entrepreneurs find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by and share our vision, all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced. Hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. I'm a teacher, a toddler mom, and a serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and giving you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. All right, I am here for a kind of crazy birthday podcast episode with my BFF in real life, Nicole. Nicole is is all of Team THU right now. She is my one and only team member that helps me out with my business. So we decided for my birthday episode, we want to do something special. We have got questions from the Teacher Hustle University crew members who uh, were allowed to ask whatever they wanted for this podcast episode, right, Nicole? They could ask whatever. Whatever they want. Okay. And so I haven't seen the questions. I don't know if they're personal, if they're about marketing. I swear Nicole did not tell me anything in advance. And so I've agreed to donate. uh, Well, let me back up a second. The THU crew donates each month to a nonprofit that we believe in as a group. The group votes on one nonprofit organization that um, a panel of crew members kind of picked out. And so I am committed to donating an extra $5 per question that I agree to answer today to the organization that the crew chooses this month. That is to say that I'm allowed to pass on questions. So if they are too personal or too detailed or something. I don't know. I can pass. But for everyone I answer, we're going to do a $5 donation. This should be really, really fun. I do want to say, though, that my actual birthday present, I want to kind of give you guys a little hint, is uh, I am interviewing someone on my birthday. We won't say who. Um, Nicole knows about it. She sent me a message and she's like, this person wants to record on your birthday. Is it okay? And I'm like, yes because I'm so excited about that particular interview. So this is recorded before my birthday, but will be released the week of my birthday. And then after my birthday, you're going to find out who I interviewed on my actual birthday. I am so pumped. Okay. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. So Nicole is here. We are in our PJs. We have our coffee. We are having a morning date. My kids are at soccer and they are coming home soon. So Nicole, I will answer as many questions as we can before my kids get home and then we will be, we'll have to cut it. Sounds good. Okay. Um, By the way, I didn't even tell you this, Nicole. I meant to tell you before we started recording, you aren't going to be the only one on Team THU. I just hired someone yesterday to join our team. Woohoo! I'm so excited. So I will be introducing her soon, as soon as we get her onboarded. But yeah, team of two. I'm really, really excited about that. And you guys are going to love her. All right. Nicole, before we jump into the questions, do you want to give them a little backstory on us and how we met? Sure. That sounds good. All right. So... Where do we begin? Well, I don't know. It's so long. (laughs) It's so long. So we met, oh my gosh, after high school. 
No, I was still in high school because your mom, I remember your mom coming up to me in the cafeteria and being like, can you cover Alyssa's shift this weekend? (laughs) Oh, right. That's right. Okay. So back, back story. My mom was an English teacher. She's retired now. She was an English teacher at Nicole's school. We did not go to the same high school. So at Nicole's school, my mom was your English teacher. Yes, for sure. 11th grade English, 11th grade. And didn't you say you remember seeing like my prom picture? Yes, she had it on her desk. So the first time I saw you was your prom picture, like a year before I even met you. (laughs) And our schools weren't even like really that close. You're about a half an hour away in distance. So we both got jobs, must have been during high school or you're a little younger. So maybe I was out of high school. and you. You, I think you were, you had just moved back from going to Plattsburgh, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was just out of high school and we both started working at, we have an outlet center where we are because we're in like a touristy area. And we both started working at the Gap outlet and we actually didn't even really become friends at first at the Gap outlet. Like we didn't, we both worked there, but we weren't. Oh, you were older than me. You were cooler than me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so, but I think what brought us together though was your car accident. I feel like that was the turning point. So Nicole had uh, gone on vacation with her family and on the way back got in a pretty serious car accident, right? Yes. Yep. And um, so at the gap, we got the phone call that Nicole had been in an accident and you were in the hospital. In Pennsylvania. All, right. So like a couple states away. Yeah. And um the car had caught on fire, right? So you didn't have any clothes. I feel like I just partially. Yeah, I, we had gone on like a two week long vacation. Um, my family has like a house. Well, my aunt has a house in South Carolina that every summer growing up, my aunt would always take her kids and me and my other cousin down and we would stay for a long time because I was still in school. So it would be like summer vacation. And um, we had gone down for the two weeks and I had literally taken like all of my summer clothes because I was a 18 year old girl who was going to the beach for the summer. So I had everything I owned and like uh-huh. beauty products. And I took up half the car with what I brought to that vacation and then lost everything when the car set fire. Didn't your cousin pull you out? Yes. It was so scary. I was sitting in the um, driver's like the passenger seat in the front and then my three male cousins were in the back seat but the way we flipped over it like caved in right on me so my aunt who was driving and me took like the brunt of it um and me even more so I had like split my head open broke my neck but like I was totally out of it and um my cousins got themselves out of the car but I couldn't get myself out of the car I don't even remember it I'm just telling you what people tell me um, and my cousin Brett had to actually like pull me out the window to get me out. And then after they got me to the side of the road, I guess the car like literally burst into flames. So it was crazy, crazy. That's crazy. And to think like, ugh. <clears throat> anyway, we got the call at the gap that Nicole had lost all her things. And I kind of like knew of her. And so we all chipped in and used our discount and our money um, to buy Nicole a new wardrobe and she was so thankful and sweet about it. And then I think after that we connected more because I knew of you more and then I don't know, it's all history from there. We just, yeah. Yeah. I think we've basically been 
inseparable since then. Well, not yeah. inseparable, but <laughs> pretty well, close to it. It's kind of friendship where like, and the listeners probably can relate to this. Like it's that kind of friendship where it doesn't really matter what happens or if we don't talk or, you know, we don't, we don't fight. And we always, whenever we get together, talk like if we missed a, I mean, who, what am I saying? We don't miss any time anyway. We text no. each other every five seconds. But <laughs> if we were to take a week off or something, it wouldn't matter when we got back together. It would be like normal. But we also had our first child at the exact same time. So yes. that we're in the same exact life stage. So we are always commiserating about bedtimes and like toddler fits. And yep. Mar- like, like I feel like we were getting married around the same time. Yeah. Yep. We our lives have progressed pretty evenly, and I think that's why we've been maintaining this. Yeah, and we will till we're old. All right. Anyway, into the questions. <laughs> Let's go. Let's start these donations. So, what have you got for me? Okay. So, dude, seriously, you have so many questions about French fries. So, I think you might need <laughs> an intervention of sorts. Um, we have. What is your favorite way to eat French fries? Oh, like. <laughs> my like my way yeah you know, like, do I shove the whole thing in my mouth <laughs> yes I do do you eat them by the fistful or yeah. do you eat one at a time so well I'm sure this is on here but my favorite type of french fry itself is and I don't know if I'm saying this right but like a it's called a frite it's like a it's kind of like a gourmet french fry I guess and so when Matt and I are really into craft beer He's more so into it than I am, but I'm, I'm learning a lot and I really like to learn about it with him because he, that's like his hobby is learning about beer and brewing beer and all that. So anyway, um, when we go out on a date night, we like to go to different breweries or like pubs and they often will have fancy pub food, which is my absolute favorite. Like that, if I'm going to go out to dinner, I'm choosing a fancy pub food place. So we get the frites, even if we're not getting dinner or if we are getting dinner, we get them first. And they're like, I'm talking way too long about French fries. They're like fried. And then they have like sometimes like Parmesan over the top or they'll have a little dipping sauce, a little aioli. That's my favorite. What is your favorite dipping sauce? Well, they're Craft on Nine. Well, I'm just, shout out. Craft on right? Nine. That's my favorite. This is, a, this is a, exactly what I'm talking about. Like a gourmet pub place near us. They have the best fries and the dipping sauce is like, I want to say it's an aioli, but it has horseradish in it, which sounds gross, but it's good because it's like a little bit spicy and I got to steal their recipe. It's good. I think you could probably recreate that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Was that, are you tallying my donations? I, I feel like that was too. I'll bad. let you know how much. You know. Okay. Um, you, there was another additional question to that, the best French fries. So we're going to go with craft on nine for that. Yes. Yeah, okay. but if you're talking about like p- places people relate to, though, like fast food fries. Yes. So I don't actually care for. I mean, I'll get them. I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> I'll try to get it, but I don't really care for like McDonald's fries as much. I used to like Wendy's, but does anybody else agree that they oversalt now? Yeah, they're very salty. Very yeah. salty. So my older sister, when she was a teenager, she worked at McDonald's and she has this really great tip about French fries at fast food places. And I have yet to try this at Wendy's, but I think I will. She says, go to the drive-thru and ask for your fries without salt. Because like, they have to can't have salt. And then they have to make them fresh. And if you just add your own salt, they're just as good. And then you can salt them the way that you like. So I may try that with Wendy's. Okay. So I've heard that before and I'm thinking I probably heard it from you. 
because yeah it could be although I'm always a little nervous to do it because then am I going to make them mad and they're going to like spit in your fries (laughs) 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 but I do like I don't know if this is a if this is a countrywide or like worldwide company but do I like five guys fries the best if we're talking about fast food oh five oh now I want five guys so good I don't know if that's just like in New York I don't know I'm really bad with the chain stuff yeah, we don't have, so I can't speak on, like, somebody mentioned at one point, like, In-N-Out Burger. Like, we don't have that yeah. here, so I have, I can't include that in my favorites. Yeah, there's actually another um, question about French fries later on that they, <laughs> they name all the they places that they, they go to, and I'm like, I, I don't think she can speak to any of those, because I, right. I haven't had uh, any. We don't have those. We don't have Chick-fil-A. We don't have any of that here. But you've had Chick-fil-A. I've, I, to be honest, I've only had it one time when we went to South Carolina on vacation. I've had it a couple I really times. think it was like, like, I don't know. I really didn't think it was that great. Jenny went all the way to Plattsburgh to get Chick-fil-A. So we do have them here in New York. Well, there's one in Plattsburgh and then there's one at Albany Airport, but I think you have to have a plane ticket in order to get in. <laughs> oh, you know what other, okay, we got to get off the fry topic, but actually speaking of places you can only go sometimes around here, we have a Shake Shack at the racetrack. And I will I will go to the racetrack specifically to get Shake Shack fries. Those so did they not? Did they fries. open this year? I heard that they op- like that you could go in and just get fries, even though the racetrack wasn't open to people. I heard that you could go in and get and get Shake Shack. Oh, interesting. Never I've never. I have had that. I had that in the city. I was in the city with yeah. my cousin. They have good dipping sauces. Okay, moving on from fries. I was like, okay. <laughs> Okay, so the next question is, where does all of your energy come from? Three kids, one of them a newborn. She said she's pregnant and with her first and that she barely feels functional. Oh, I know who this is. Okay. Yeah, so where do I get all my energy? I do not have that much energy. I know. I was a little shocked at that question. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, no, I'm just like you guys. I don't have I don't have any like magical energy. Although I I would say and I don't know if you guys have taken the if you're into like personality tests, but I take them all. And there's one um oh shoot. I'll have to look up the name and link it here. You do have to pay for it, but it's a really good one. I think it's it's not the strengths finder one. I can't think of the name, but I'll link it up after. Anyway, it tells you if you're like a if you're a quick start person or you're like a real researching person, you like to research before you do things. And anyway, I am equal parts researcher and quick starter, which I think is kind of unique because I think sometimes people who like to research get really caught up in the research and then they can never get started. Or people who quick start don't research enough and then they end up backing up and having to do it more. I just feel like by nature, I'm somebody who really loves to get curious about something and then, and then see it through. And I don't know, like, I'm not saying that makes me special or anything. It's just like, that's my hobby. I don't like to, I like reality TV, but I genuinely don't love to like sit around and do nothing. I have to be doing something all the time. And oftentimes it's like a research-based thing. Like I, I love and thrive off of a project. So I cannot sit still and not have a project. That's my ultimate nightmare. So I guess that kind of contributes to it because when it's time for me to like relax at the end of the night, I don't really want to relax. I love having the outlet of a project. And so this is just 
been and all of the businesses that I've been a part of have always been like my project or my getaway, my escape, even the store. When we owned the store um, downtown, my sister and I like that. I loved going there. I mean, I didn't love painting furniture, but I loved working there and have and working on the marketing and being there like in the downtown spot with like our music on and talking to people. So I don't know. I guess it's that I love a project, but I will say to this person who's pregnant because I know she's pregnant. It's her first and she's exhausted. I did not want to do projects when I was pregnant. I was exhausted and I really didn't. I I really like went to bed at seven 30 and did not do anything. And that's okay too. There's a time for all, there's a time for rest. There's a time for your outlet. There's a time for excitement and research and give yourself a little grace that you're not always going to be on all the time. That's okay. Yeah. I think that your passion for the crew too, it comes off like very energetic. Like you love doing that so much that I feel like it is, it's a passion. So you're. So I seem energetic when I'm really not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know what's going on behind those closed doors. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, my life is really real. I am not always energetic by any means. I'm not always patient. I'm not always, yeah, no, I don't have like more time in the day. And yeah, I do stay up kind of late. Very late. I feel like we talk more between the hours of like 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. than we do during the day most of the time. I have a much easier time doing work at night than I do in the morning. I'm trying the morning thing. I've been reading the Miracle Morning book. I'm having so much trouble with my kids, like sensing that I'm awake. They, they have a sixth sense. They know that I'm up and they get up. It, it's really annoying. So I, I know. it's time to be a night owl. Yeah. I, I'm the same way, which works out that I'm working for you because yeah. then I can like talk to you in the middle of the night when I'm We doing- have like our customer service hours set from like, we're like, oh, we're available from 9am to 4pm. But like, if we really put our customer service hours, it would be like, you know, <laughs> I'm like emailing people for you and it's coming through at like 2am. They're probably like, what is she doing? That's <laughs> eh, how we function. Yeah. All okay. Right. So next question. Um, does Alyssa speak any other languages? Oh my gosh. This is such a thoughtful question. I love the crew. Um, so no, no, I, (laughs) that'd be really cool if I could say yes. Um, I took French in high school. So je parle français. I can say like two sentences. My, my name is Alice in my, in my French (laughs) class. My name was Alice, but no, I, I don't really remember much French. I took, um, sign language in college. So I, I have my regular ed degree and my special ed degree. So I took sign language as my language. And actually my teacher was deaf, which was very interesting because it was terrifying at first because she could only sign to us and we didn't know any sign language at all. Um, and so it was terrifying, but she, it was really cool to learn that way because you just had to figure it out and you had, and she would just sit there and sign the whole class and you had to figure out what was going on. And she had, you know, worksheets and visuals and things to help us. But I learned really fast by being totally immersed in that. She was wonderful and funny and she would tell these funny stories and the whole class would be cracking up. And so I guess I don't know that, know it fluently, but I know uh, enough sign language from college. So I would consider that another language. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. Okay. So next question, if you have time for only one marketing strategy, where would you put your energy right now? Ooh, right now. 
Well, I am, I love TikTok. Let me just say, I love TikTok, but I don't know that I would put my marketing effort there. I do just love to, I love what people are doing on TikTok for marketing. Yeah. I think it's very interesting and really cool and new way. And it's sort of happening with reels too. It's kind of the same idea. It's just a great way to give tips fast. And that's how I like my information. I like it fast and quick, digestible. So I love Instagram reels and TikTok for that purpose. But honestly, the fastest way, I think if I could only market myself in one way, the quickest way is to get in front of someone else's audience that they've already curated. That's your audience. And so I would say not like, um, not podcasting in start your own podcast, but get on podcasts, be a guest on podcasts, be a guest at summits and virtual events and do like an email freebie swap with somebody like collaborate that I know that's on a marketing platform, but that is the quickest way to get in front of audiences as a thought leader. And it helps you step into that role a little bit and feel like a thought leader. And then how many times have you listened to a podcast and you caught a guest and you just loved them and then you went and followed them. And that was a really genuine follow because you were genuinely interested in what they had to say. I think that's a really, really high quality way to get yourself in front of people right now. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So how, um, would you advise someone to generate excitement for a new small product on TPT? Ooh. Okay. I like this question. There's a couple of levels to this question. And I'm talking to Nicole on these marketing questions too, by the way, because she is start launched her <laughs> small business shout out. Um, she is quite the crafter and has some beautiful products that I just bought one of everything I think for my new house. Yes, um, but this goes for you too. So I'm going to start with value because the question said your best advice on getting excitement around a small product. Yes. Yep. And so I think when we say small products, we're sort of, um, we're undervaluing ourselves because what is a small product? Like, why is that product small? <laughs> Maybe the first step in genuine generating, I can't speak any more coffee, generating excitement is to not think of it as a small product. And I think they might mean not a lot of pages or like cheap or not yeah. expensive. And I just think that um, we need to think differently, especially particularly the TPT sellers out there. We need to be thinking differently about the way we're approaching our business and the value we're putting on our products. And I think that's going to help you generate buzz because when you create a high quality item and you put a bit of a higher price point on it, you are going to be more proud of that product. You are going to want to generate more excitement about that product and the return is going to be better. So if you price your product at $1.50 and then you go out and try to create excitement through marketing, um, I mean, you certainly can, but why wouldn't you spend a little more time creating a quality product, putting it at a higher price point, bundling it, having that higher price point, and then generate excitement through marketing and see the return. You know, you have to sell to less people when your value is higher, Yeah, higher quality marketing. Wouldn't you rather get to a fewer people, but the right people that are going to shop across your store and not just buy that one thing for $1.50 and never never even remember that they bought from you. I'm trying to think of an example, like 
there's something that happens psychologically when we buy something that's a little bit more expensive and of higher quality that makes us use it. Okay. I've got an example. I used to belong to planet fitness and planet fitness is what, like nine 99 a month. Or I got like the deal. Yeah. 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 10 bucks a month. And I never went. And you know what? I didn't really care that I didn't go because it was $10 a month. I wasn't that committed to it. I bought it on special. I think I even got the annual values. It was nothing. So if I went one time for the whole year, I was thrilled with myself. But then we, uh, when I met Matt, we got rid of that membership and we started working out at like a local gym that was $50 a month. And you bet I showed up because I paid $50 a month. Like you as a customer, I think when you pay for something that's higher priced, you're more likely to use it. In the teacher world, that means if you buy a product that's a little bit more expensive or you buy a bundle that's more expensive, then you're committing to use that in your classroom versus a $1.50 product that you just grabbed because you needed it that day. Yeah, you're going to forget about it. You're never going to use it again. So if we're talking about making impact and income, we have to raise our prices and increase our value and create quality products to make more impact. We, We have to. So I would say first commit to getting rid of that thought about small products, raise your value, raise your quality, and then generate excitement. And the fastest way, um, I would say the, the best way is to do it across the platforms you've established yourself on and figure out where your audience is. So it's about getting all those platforms in place, which is what I teach in Teacher Hustle University, get those platforms in place and then, and then it's really easy to, we call it launch your product in Teacher Hustle University. It's really easy to launch your product when you've got everything up and running. And yeah, that's how you create excitement marketing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So the next question I'm actually kind of excited about because I feel like in our friendship, it's something that we have done together. We like to put things out in the universe and see what kind of return we get on it. Um, yes, we do. <laughs> exactly how you snagged Matt. You, you put that list of your perfect man out to the universe per my instruction. I'm a napkin at a bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Write down all the things that you're looking for in a lover and they just presented themselves to you. <laughs> okay, wait, can I tell the backstory on that before we get to this question? Because sure. this might be meaningful for somebody. So, Okay. Am I going to go there? <laughs> Do I go just, there? You, we love all these people. So just go. Okay. There. All right. I'm going there. Okay. Big secret that I've never told anyone in the internet space. This is a big moment. So I am a divorcee. I, um, yes, I married in my twenties and I've never mentioned this because I guess I feel like there's a little judgment around divorce and it's embarrassing for me to say, I feel embarrassed about saying it because I feel like there's judgment around it. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I am totally fine with it. And so, yeah, I want to talk about it for anybody that's been through it or is going through it because I feel like it it teaches you something incredible about life. So I had a, oh, I guess he wasn't really my high school sweetheart. We met when we were like 19. Actually, I remember like you met him the same time you met me. So I, yep. Yes. So we met when we were pretty young, like right out of high school. And, mm-hmm. um, 
just, I mean, had a fine relationship. We were together for like 10 years. And so later in our 20s, we got married as we felt we needed to. Like, I guess there was a lot of pressure around getting married and having kids. I don't know. I felt like I was 24 and my life was like ending and I was like, oh, I need to get married. And we had a big, beautiful wedding. And like, but the problem was at that point, I don't think either one of us really liked each other all that much, to be honest. We kind of knew that and we knew we weren't really right for each other, that we had sort of grown apart because we got together so young that by the time we were in our late 20s, we were like, oh, we probably don't really belong together. But let's trudge on anyway, because that's what everybody does. They get married. And I got really into the wedding and I planned a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. Yeah. spent a lot of money. And um, then quickly realized that I was in the wrong relationship and he did too. So we, it was, you know, messy, but amicable. We, we ended things and that was fine. And so what, I was like 27 and divorced. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have any kids. Thank goodness. Like that. Oh, not to say thank goodness. Cause I'm sure if we had kids that would, would have been fine, but it was an easy separation is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the pill to swallow about the wedding that we had just paid for. True. Yes. It was a mistake. It was a mistake and he knew it and I knew it. So anyway, we ended that and he went on to have a wonderful relationship eventually at some point. And I was thrilled. I was working at the store. I was thrilled to be by myself. I remember decorating my house at the time, like decorating it how I want to decorate it. Mm -hmm. And, and it was a struggle to um, see myself in that new role. I actually had a blog at that point and I would blog about it and that was really therapeutic. And I said, start going to therapy, which was wonderful. And I started to really lean into the growth that I think I was looking for when I was with him that I wasn't able to get. Like I leaned into the person who I wanted to be, but couldn't be because I was stuck in this relationship that just didn't fit me anymore. Yeah. So uh, anyway, at that time I had Nicole and a couple of other friends that were really supportive and we went out to eat at this bar and Nicole was like, okay, what do you want? Like this, this Alyssa that has just like finally been able to step into the person she wants to be what do you want? If you could have any guy, what would he have? And we got out a napkin and we wrote it down. What, would I, what did we, um, it was, it was tall. With big muscles. I don't, we'll have to revisit my, with my um, speech from your and Matt's wedding. I went through the list. I somehow found the list for your wedding. I feel like it was something like social. I really yep. wanted to be social. Life of the party. You said life, life of the party. party. Yep. And muscles, life of the party. Muscles. <laughs> um, and, but it wasn't all shallow. It was like kind, yep. shared the same values. Family. Just, what? Um, like a family man kind oh, of. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So then, I don't know, Matt, like, so Matt and I went to the same elementary school, same high school, same college, and we didn't really know each other. I knew him as like the red-haired kid with the big weird glasses. <laughs> and then he, our mutual friends were like, hey, you should, you should go out on a date with Matt. And then I think he messaged me and I remember he came, I was working at the store downtown. I was closing up and he came in and when he said hi, it was like, he, it was like seeing an old friend, which was cool. Cause like yeah. we knew each other kind of, but not that much. And he's tall and he had muscles at the time. Now he's got a dad bod. <laughs> Stop it. 
he will admit that he has a dad bod. He, um, he's a family man. He certainly is the life of a party. Yes, for sure. There's no denying that. He is the party. He is the party for sure. Sometimes I have to try to calm him down a little bit. Sometimes I wonder if I should edit that list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Throw it back out to the universe and see if you can get an edit. <laughs> he's ambitious. I mean, he's everything. You could have picked him right off of that list. So that yeah. was Nicole's speech at my wedding was that truly he was exactly what I had picked out for myself. So that well, was you had put out to the universe and it it received your list and it sent Matt to you. Exactly. So if you're going through something right now, and I remember my sister, I remember saying to my sister, I can't get a divorce. I cannot spend another 10 years of my life at 26 years old or whatever I was at the time felt like an eternity. I can't spend another 10 years getting to know somebody before we have kids and get married. I felt so much pressure to do that. So if you're out there and you're struggling or you're going through something and um, remember my sister saying to me, when it's right, it won't take 10 years. Like when it's right, yeah. it can happen. And we met when I was 29. I, cause I think we threw each other's 30th birthday parties and now yes. we have three kids and we're married. Like that was only four years, five years ago. Actually our anniversary is coming up five years Yes, and three kids. So it can happen. And anyway, I think our question was about putting something out to the universe and it coming to. Yes. Well, the, the actual question is what's on your vision board, but I feel like a vision board (laughs) is, is kind of putting something out to the universe to hold yourself uh, not accountable, but kind of put it out there to, to tell the universe what you, what you have planned. Yeah. And I think hold yourself accountable because I think part of what I used to think about vision, visions and manifesting and all that. By the way, my kids are home, so they're going to be in the background. Um, what I used to think about manifesting was that it would—it was a wish. Like, I thought that that list was a wish, but it really wasn't a wish. It was like, Alyssa, step into who you're meant to be, who you need to be to get to snag a guy like this, or, I mean, who you need to be to feel ready for this. I'm not sure what I'm saying there, but you've got to step into your role a little bit. Like, you've got to yeah. lean into the scary part, the uncomfortable part. And at that time I was scared and I was scared of starting over. And so I think leaning into the uncomfort, the the fear to see that list through, that's the important part. It's not the making of the vision board. It's not the making of the wish list for the man. It's the leaning into who you need to be to get there. So So what is on your vision board? Oh, well, shallow things, of course, like my <laughs> tall guy. Um, no, uh, shallow things like I really need, want a bigger car. Like I really want a car that fits my whole family in it without having to crawl over things. So on a shallow end, I definitely want a car and I would love to plan a vacation because I'm so sick of sitting around this house. But um, on the less shallow end, I really have been loving having a membership. And I'm really finding myself pulled to talk about memberships. And so on my vision board, honestly, is to start working with entrepreneurs, teachers, and also just any entrepreneur on um, really working on creating a community through a membership. I feel like it brings together everything that I loved about a classroom community. I like the kind of psychology behind communities. I like learning about communities. And so... I want to help entrepreneurs or membership site owners um, really build a membership that people feel like they're a part of something and that they can identify with because I think it's going to really impact the world, especially now when we're so isolated. 
to feel like they belong to something. So on my vision board is to work in a greater capacity toward helping people with their memberships and a car and a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So since the BAMs are back, let, why don't we try like more of a rapid fire okay. question? Okay. okay. Telling long stories. <laughs> um, what does a typical week look like in your business? Oh, come on. That's not a rapid fire. Well, no, I feel like <laughs> make it quick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> typical week of my business. So, well, this year is different and I don't really know what a typical week looks like, to be honest, because it's really hard to redefine. And anybody who has stayed home on maternity leave or stopped teaching, I'm sure can relate. I had my, I, I had more of a routine when I was teaching than I do when I'm not teaching. Like when I was teaching, my week looked like I got really good at um, getting in and out of school and being really efficient with my time. So I would get there at seven, well, seven, that's funny. I would get there at seven thirty um, <laughs> or eight and I would get my plant, you know, get everything ready for the day. And then at the end of the day, Kate and I had this thing about we're leaving by four o'clock. So our kids leave at, at like three and our, our goal was to get out the door by four and whatever we did not finish at four, we left, we left it. And we were committed to getting out the door. And it was nice to have her as an accountability partner because I could have stayed all night. And I used to be the girl who stayed all night. I used to be the last car in the parking lot, turning off the lights in the school every single night. Um, but she really got me in the habit of leaving at four and keeping each other accountable. So I have her to thank for that. And I got really efficient at getting out at four. And then if I got out ahead of four, I could have some time to work on my business before I picked up the kids from daycare. So that was always nice. Then I always did evenings with my kids and I liked to stay up past their bedtime to work on my business. Now it's like, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't, I, I'll get back to you on this because I get up, I try, I'm trying the morning thing. Then I get up, then the kids are here and I'm trying to watch them and my mom's trying to help, but we're in transition right now too of moving. So we're living with my mom. My mom's trying to help, but they're loud and they need me. And, and you know I what have, you should do. What? We should do a TikTok or a reel of a day in the life of Alyssa. I like that. Idea. Put your schedule out there. It would be embarrassing at this point. Because <laughs> there's just no boundaries. There's just no, like, there's no start. There's no end. And I have so much to do now because I just started working for another entrepreneur on her team, on her membership. And so I have work to do for her. I have work to do for my own business. I want to spend time with the kids. I want to be present, but like I could work. And the other day I didn't even look up all day long. I didn't take a shower before I sat down to work. I didn't take a lunch. I didn't go outside. And at the end of the day, I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even go outside. I didn't even shower. I didn't eat. Like it's crazy. So right now a typical week is crazy, but I'm confident that once we're settled in our house, we get back to some sort of routine when the kids aren't home. Like um, B is supposed to be in preschool and they keep, they keep going back and forth on if they're going to be virtual right now. They're only half time. I don't know. We can get in a routine. I'll get back to you. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so what is your best tip for working moms trying to grow a business? Well, that's a good one because I think I, I'm better with that. Working moms trying to grow a business. My tip is to remember that your business is your creative outlet. And if ever it doesn't feel that way, then stop doing what you're doing. So if you're doing something because somebody told you to, like you're starting a blog because somebody, you heard it on a podcast that that was a good thing to do, or you're going on TikTok because you heard that was a good thing to do, but it doesn't feel like your creative outlet and it feels not fun. 
don't do it. Yeah. Like do what works for you and what feel this is supposed to be passive income, more impact, financial freedom, you know, impacting classrooms around the world and fun. You're supposed to get behind your laptop and like it. So if you get behind your laptop and you don't like it, don't do it. But also I, I have a, a tip that really helped me was to join my local co-working space. And that helped me on so many levels because I used to love networking when I had the store, um, the, the physical store, we would go to like actual networking events. And it's so fun to be surrounded by people who are also visionaries and who are also growing their businesses. It just, I don't know, that lights me up. Like I'm the person who goes to a coffee shop and I read the bulletin board flyers because I want to go to like every thing and I love seeing what people are working on. It just makes me inspired. And so I think going to a co-working space is like looking at one of those bulletin boards. It's like you get to see what everybody's up to. You get to make connections. And if you don't have a co-working space, join a community in the online space of teachers who have businesses because you, and I don't mean a free Facebook community. There's got to, there's something, I mean like the THU crew, obviously, but I mean a community, a community that um, is full of visionaries and people who are supportive and positive and excited. Join, like start a mastermind, get an accountability partner because it just gets you excited. And, and sometimes like your husband or your significant other, it does not understand what you're doing with your business and just they don't get it and yeah you've got to talk to people who get it um what is uh the biggest mistakes you feel people make when they're growing their business oh such a good one the crew the biggest mistake well you know i've talked about this before it's doing all the things yeah because teachers are and i try to this is so funny because other entrepreneurs other online entrepreneurs don't really get this they don't get this as much as teachers do because I think teachers, this is why I call this podcast, the teacher hustle podcast. Teachers have that special hustle, that special drive. Like they, by nature are just, they dive into things with their whole heart and they do it all. And we're so used to doing it all that when we start a business, we want to do it all. We genuinely want to, like we listen to a podcast episode and we're like, yes, I need to do this and this and this. And and then we read books and we're like, yes, I need to do this and this and this. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, we're trying to do all the things. We lost focus on our vision and our values and what we came here for and where we're going. And now we're confused and overwhelmed. So I think like keep that teacher hustle, but do it in a focused way, write down. And this is something I just kind of recently picked up, but write down the values, write down your mission what is your point? Why are you here? And then write it down and stick it up on your wall. And if you're doing anything that's not leading you toward that mission and not um, sticking to those values, then stop doing it. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, What are three apps you can't live without? Three apps. Oh, I like this. I'm going to take out my phone. Do I, um, does it have to be business related? I say three business and then three non. Or Okay. Um, let's see here. So let me start with the non. So the three apps that I love for non-business, although I guess TikTok could be both. I love TikTok. I'm a big like pop culture person. So I also loved Vine when Vine was a thing. I really like pop, like pop culture or culture or 
I don't know, but TikTok is really funny. And informative. I'm learning all kinds of things. Like I follow a cleaning person. I'm yep. getting all kinds of cleaning tips. I follow a mortgage guy who's giving, well, we already got our mortgage, but like tips on our mortgage. So I love TikTok. I could spend way too much time there. I also love Zillow. Is that really embarrassing? <gasps> That's the other thing I was going to say about my vision board. Oh, real okay, estate. Real estate is on my vision board. I really would love to own an Airbnb or a rental of some sort. I, we really met and I've been talking about investing. So I like to go on Zillow. We also like to dream about moving. So I like to go on Zillow and look at like other towns and see what's for sale or look at real estate properties, look at properties around here. So Zillow is my other one. And then, oh, probably the newest one is Poshmark. Oh, I'm into the idea of not buying stuff just to buy it. And I'm also into the idea of not creating as much waste. Yeah. And by into the idea, I mean, I'm trying to be better and learn more. And so I like Poshmark because it feels like I'm Poshmark is, uh, what'd you say? Like a resell secondhand. Yeah. Like clothing. Yep. But it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's all very nice. Yeah, so I like to go and thrift on Poshmark lately. Facebook Marketplace, too. I need to get off of there. But I just furnished our whole house on Facebook Marketplace. Wait till you see the treasure. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. Um, business ones. There goes my kids. Business ones. My Asana app. I am on all the time for our project management stuff. Voxer. I can't even text anymore because all I can do is like Typing is just too long for me now that I box. <laughs> so Voxer. Voxer, by the way, is where you can, like, if you have a team or even your friend or your husband or your significant other, you, uh, you can send voice messages, but it's not like the voice messages in Instagram. They're no, it's like a walkie-talkie. Walkie-talkie, exactly. And you can't re-record, so if you mess up. Yeah, you're just stuck with what you said. <laughs> going, yeah. But it's kind of nice because it's more, it's more real time than text or Instagram, yeah. but not as real time as talking on the phone. There's no small talk. Right. Unless you drone on like I do. And then there is. I feel like we both kind of do that. Yeah, totally. Um, another business one that I'm using, I guess, Planoly for Instagram. I don't actually schedule my posts out, but I like to see the grid of pictures because I'm not really great at the design part. So I like planning because I can see all my pictures laid out before I post. Very good. Um, so besides like three more people asking you what the best French fries are, which, <laughs> we've already determined, um, you did have some questions regarding uh, your working situation right now. Uh, as far okay. as uh, leaving the classroom and if you plan to go back and some advice you could give to someone who's in a situation similar to you, which I know you might want to like clarify exactly what that is. Yeah. So I'm, I didn't leave the classroom. I um, I'm on maternity leave, but here where I live, we get six weeks paid maternity leave, which I could go on a whole rant about why that is not enough coming from someone who had postpartum anxiety with my first, my second, not nearly as bad with my third, thank goodness, because I go to therapy and I got on medicine before I knew it was going to get bad. But um, yeah, six, okay, now I'm going on the, tan the tangent, but six weeks is not enough. I, with my first child, my anxiety was so bad that I couldn't take a shower because I literally couldn't look away from him because I thought if I did, he would die. 
Like, I mean, that's how bad I was at six weeks. And I had to, in order to continue to be paid, I had to go to the doctor and tell them how anxious I was. And then they would write me a note for another week. And like, we couldn't afford for me to be not paid at that point. So six weeks paid. And then I would go to the doctor and every week I would cry and the doctor would give me another note for a week, another week. And then my anxiety would go like tenfold because I was thinking about, oh my gosh, I only have a week and and then I got to go back. So it was like just this awful, awful, like avalanche of anxiety. And I'm getting stressed just thinking about it and thinking about all the moms who have to go through that. I couldn't leave him. I couldn't leave him. I was not even healed yet. And so um, I ended up seeing out, I think 10 weeks with him is how far I got extended out with the doctor wasn't enough. And I wasn't healthy when I went back and I cried in the bathroom a lot, a lot that year. Um, God, I remember crying in the parking lot and calling one of my friends and being like, I can't go in. I can't do it. But anyway, then with the second child, that was a little bit better and I was a little bit prepared for it. So I knew going in and I told my doctor ahead of time, this is like, I cannot do these weak no extensions on this. Like I need to be extended out. And we actually, his birthday worked out better. So he was April. So I was able to extend my maternity leave out until summer. And then at least that bought me that time. And also I was in therapy. So that was better. I knew going into the third child, I knew a lot of things and I wanted this to be so different, but this was pre COVID, but I knew I wanted to enjoy my maternity leave with her by sending my other two to daycare. I wanted to just have time with her. We thought she would be our, we, we thought we, we are pretty certain she's our last. So knowing she's our last, I wanted to spend that time with her where I wasn't anxious. Like I was just dying for that time with the baby where I wasn't consumed with anxiety. And so I went into my, into her birth thinking I would have this wonderful experience with her and then COVID hit and it was not, you know, it was my anxiety came back tenfold because we couldn't like at that time we had no support. We were home with all of our kids. I was pregnant. I was exhausted, no daycare, no breaking up of the day. We had just moved. We were stuck in our apartment. The hospital was like a terrifying place at that point. Um, You couldn't have visitors. We couldn't share her with anyone after she was born. And so that was a whole, my anxiety certainly came back. And so my maternity leave, long story short, was not the experience that I really wanted it to be because I wasn't, it was still full of anxiety and I was not the person I wanted to be for her and for my other kids. And um, anyway, I thought I was going to go back. So I took on right before I had her, I took on a new position of a STEM teacher, which was something I had kind of always wanted to do. I love tech and I, and the opportunity came up. I literally was interviewing for it and I had my interview scheduled for the position and I went into labor and I had to call them and tell them that I would get back to them after I had a baby. They were like, you're the first person who's ever interviewed. Um, like during labor labor and he was funny he was like you don't have to apologize because I said sorry I'm going into labor I can't come to my interview he's like that's okay P.S. my district is wonderful 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 and it is not their fault that we only have six weeks I think you know I just want to put that out there they're very supportive um Okay, where was I going with this long story? So anyway, oh my gosh you guys sorry if you're still listening you get the you get the charity donation. So my point is that then I decided at the very last minute that 
as I was looking at her, as I was realizing my maternity leave was coming to an end, as I was realizing school was going to be crazy, crazy, crazy this year, I looked at her and I was like, I can't leave her. Like, I can't. She's my last. I didn't get that anxiety-free time with her. I just want to be with her. And I just need some space. And with the first two, I couldn't afford it. And with her, I almost was like, I don't know if I can afford it. I've honestly felt like I could never be away because of course it's unpaid and no insurance. So I was like, we can't afford, I mean, Matt's a social worker. It's not like we're rolling in dough over here, not to complain because we are, you know, blessed, but I didn't know what his insurance looked like. We had never looked at it. I didn't know if we could afford it. And, and we looked over our finances and we talked and talked and talked and it was scary. It was like, I, you know, it was scary. It was like, can we? can we? I'm not really sure, but we have to because for my own mental health. And so anyway, I told my district I would be out this year, which was a terrifying move. Um, But I think the best, because I was originally thinking about just going till January being out. And then I was like, no, I'm going to torture myself all the way to January about, should I go back? Shouldn't I go back? So we took the year and it's wonderful. Wonderful. Best decision I've ever made. So if you're thinking about it, I guess, I don't know, because I would have to know your individual circumstance, but if you're think if you're pulled that way and you're just terrified, it's not that scary. It's not as scary as it seems. Very good. I like how you're like, very good. Yes. Super good. Super. You yes. got that one. Yes. <laughs> All right. We've donated a lot of money to charity. My kids are screaming in the background. How yeah. much money have we donated? Do you have a tally? You're at a hundred bucks, girl. All right. And that was a long one. I talked a long time. So sorry if this was the longest podcast ever. Yeah, well, we do what we can. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So thank you, Nicole, for asking those questions. Thank you to the crew for um, giving such wonderful questions, great insight, fun conversation. Yes. Thanks for having me. Sure. Anytime you want to come back, you are welcome. And she's always behind the scenes anyway. She's worker B, team THU behind the scenes. So that's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you next week for my really exciting interview. The the one I've been, I mean, I'm excited about every, every interview, but this one I'm really excited about. Yes, you are. And you will see next week what that is. So we'll see you back here next week and have a wonderful, wonderful week. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a creative educator who is wanting to start their business online. Maybe you have started your business, but you can't gain any traction because as soon as you take one step forward, there are a million more things you're supposed to be doing like blogging or podcasting, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Maybe you've heard all the marketing podcasts, but there's so much conflicting information. You just want the roadmap to success. I know sometimes it feels like the big name marketing experts don't understand our lives as teachers. You might be worried you're going to spend all your time and money on creating your online business, or maybe you already have spent tons of time and money and no one is going to show up to buy the thing you have to offer. And you're worried about how you're going to stand out among the rest. If you don't want a degree, 
degree in marketing, but you want to inspire other teachers and you want to stand out among the rest and create a voice and share your thoughts and ideas and bring in some money, but it all feels a little overwhelming, I have good news for you. You are exactly where you need to be. You have everything you need to share your passion and to make some serious cash in the process. I want to introduce my signature training for creative teachers like you, Teacher Hustle University, and you can get your hands on my step-by-step guide to designing an online business with a strategic, purposeful marketing plan. The Teacher Hustle University framework is your chance to build that solid foundation in marketing for your online business, to make a difference in classrooms around the world, to generate a steady monthly income, and to put it all on autopilot so you can enjoy life's moments. I teach you all of the pieces of the framework for Teacher Hustle University inside my free masterclass, which you can find at alyssamcdonald.com slash masterclass. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. I love hearing from you. So if you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review. You can also join our Facebook group, Teacher Hustle Podcast, to chat about all things business, mindset, and marketing. I also love to chat in the Instagram DMs, so send me a DM or tag me in your post. My name is Teacher by Naptime over there. I'll see you in the next episode.